0: I'm Clayton
1: and I'm Sean and we're men who like men who like movies we're two m- queer men who love movies and we love talking about movies and after a lot of urging we started a podcast so uh last week was our one year anniversary of starting the podcast um or our one year of doing the podcast so we did something special and we're doing something special this week too aren't we Clayton we are What did we watch
0: so uh our very first listener request was for this film from Dustin. I told you I wouldn't forget about you, Dustin. Uh, we wanted to save this for a spooky season and we are covering 1989's shocker. And we have a special guest to help us out with this. Kevin Yurick, host of the video confidential podcast and came to talk with us about sleepless in Seattle back in February. Thank you so much for coming. Oh,
2: thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, I mean, this is definitely a movie that's worth talking about.
3: <laughs>
2: sure. <laughs> <laughs> if, if not seeing, it's a movie worth talking about. Let's I, yes.
1: <laughs> It's fun. And you know it's fun, Clayton. It has
0: its moments. So, Kevin... Mm-hmm. What's your relationship to Shocker? What made you choose to come talk with us about this gem of a film?
2: Uh well, I mean, growing up, uh I was always a bit of a bit scared of horror movies, so I would avoid the horror section at my um, local video store. Um mostly because oddly enough, it's a Wes Craven connection. I was terrified of Freddy Krueger. Like he was the A number one horror movie villain. I I you know, I could kind of get through a friday the 13th and halloween but if it was nightmare on elm street i had to leave the room so i basically avoided the horror section for as long as possible as a kid um, because it had the freddy krueger nightmare on elm street 2 vhs box and right next to it or maybe two videos down was the vhs for shocker and i always remember it because it was the like most simplistic VHS box I ever saw. Um, It's just Horace Pinker in the electric chair, little, uh, you know, lightning bolts or electricity bolts coming off of him. And then it's like, uh, you know, that amazing hardcore heavy metal font, because this is the most metal horror movie you've ever, you've (laughs) ever had to see. Um, uh, But that, that was kind of like, I was like kind of intrigued by it. And then, uh it turned on it turned up on like usa or one of the like one of my local cable affiliates like you know those times when you're like basically it's like all right well nightmare on elm street's on followed by shocker or friday the 13th part seven's on followed by shocker and to be like all right well um yeah i guess i'll watch shocker uh why not
1: (laughs) (laughs) and i remember that the poster you're talking about because the uh I remember the, seeing the tagline at Blockbuster, and it was like on October second at six forty-five a.m. Mass murderer Horace Pinker was just put to death. And like, now he's really mad. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> and it's just like I love a tagline like that. <laughs> well, and I mean,
2: even the even the trailer for this movie is like it's t- it's technically supposed to be that ex- the execution scene in the movie but it it's instead of like hit that whole speech he gives it's just like yeah no more mr nice guy and it's like oh okay so we're doing we're going to tie into the song eventually and everything but
1: <laughs> <laughs> also does he say that in the movie i remember that in the trailer but i cannot remember if it is in the movie or not
2: um i think i think he doesn't say it i think it's when he possesses the coach the coach says it okay if i remember right
1: because i remember that in the no more mr nice guy and it's yeah. like him and the execute in like the the electric chair yeah and, and i remember this i think this trailer was actually in was it which one of my vhs was it was it scream I can't remember which I had either a VHS or like one of the early DVDs. And this was one of the trailers and I was like, Oh, that looks fun.
2: <laughs> oh, I, I was going to say, I know there was, I for my, cause my friend had a DVD of some movie and it was like, it was like the master of horror collection with Wes Craven. And it's like,
1: Oh, I remember that. One it too. has
2: like, you know, serpent in the rainbow and basically any of his movies that he did for universal. So this serpent in the rainbow. And I think people under the stairs. Mm-hmm. So those three together. And it's like, you know, it's like, all right, well, we're getting some of the good and some of the not so good from Wes Craven.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. This, uh, I'd never seen this before. I didn't even know this existed until Dustin, asked if we would cover this and uh i'm not mad i saw it but it's not something i would necessarily revisit sean (laughs) you'd seen this before haven't you
1: i had um i this isn't like a favorite of mine or anything like that um but i used to (laughs) (laughs) Uh oh um but i used to watch like my family growing up we had like just basic antenna of TV um, so you know whenever you're you, you have like 12 channels um, so so I would watch a lot of like late night TV I've always been kind of a night owl and so I would stay up late watch movies especially on weekends and I remember this played at like it was either 11 or 12 at night and watch it and I was like oh that was fun <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I remember thinking Mitch Pileggi was really great, um, and the effects were <laughs> rent <awesome>. was due. <laughs> yes, he he definitely he is he's probably my favorite part of this movie, but yeah i it, I've always found it fun. I think it is it is not a movie that you're gonna like. That you're looking for high art with, but like in the same vein as like Maximum Overdrive or. You know, something like that, like where it's, it, it, they're meant to just be fun late night movies. That's that's why I like this.
0: Yeah, I think if I had caught this on late night television, I would possibly have enjoyed this a lot more if I'd just been really bored and nothing was on the cable and it just came on at like 3 a.m., which is how I saw Q the Winged Serpent. And,. I really enjoyed that, and that's not a movie I would have ever, in a million years, just picked to watch. I think I would have maybe loved this a little bit more.
1: Small differences, cute. The Winged Serpent is actually a good movie. Yeah, this kind of
0: yeah, yeah like I, this. It is definitely better quality-wise. Uh, yeah. Would you recommend this to people?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not going to go in like my top recommends, but I would definitely say if you're gonna have some friends over and you like to watch bad movies or like just watch movies that you know you're just gonna have fun with it's definitely worth it what about you kevin
2: oh yeah absolutely i would um i'd, I'd recommend this for yeah the same principles like if you're watching a movie and you're just kind of like kind of goofing on it or you just want something on in the background that you can occasionally look at and just be like oh okay i'm pretty sure i just saw ted ramey with his throat slash but i mean it's it's definitely a just like you can either sit down and and have a good chuckle at it with your friends and maybe a couple of drinks or you can just put it on in the background and occasionally point and just go wow this is really ridiculous
0: (laughs) yeah i mean i personally would not recommend this to like anybody i know in my life because i have a million other things that i'm like you need to watch this that are really quality entertainment (laughs) but if you like you know the bad stephen king adaptations you know there are quality levels of stephen king stories um but if you like the not great ones and find enjoyment out of those i think you'll really love shocker and so i would recommend it to that specific set of people and if you like it that's wonderful. I'm really happy if you like it. It just isn't necessarily for me, and that's fine. <laughs> if you love, sometimes it... they come
2: back again. You'll love Shocker.
1: <laughs> Sleepwalkers. <Yeah. laughs> if you enjoyed Sleepwalkers, you might enjoy this movie. If
2: you like the, the Shining, actually, kind of the, the mini series. <laughs> you'll love Shocker.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's yeah.
2: better than Kubrick's. I'm, I mean, it's wow. It's miles above. <laughs> Stephen Weber is aces.
1: <laughs> I actually like. Okay, wait. A I'll minute. give. So okay, before yeah, we get
2: into, can we just
0: have a tangent I, yeah. about that
1: yeah, yeah, because
2: I will I, give Stephen Weber. I will give that miniseries credit for his actually the madness. Yeah, for actually making a a character who goes crazy instead of. Well, it's Jack Nicholson. Frame one, you just see him, and you're like, "Well, that man is insane." So yes.
1: <laughs> and also i think uh so the shining is my one of my favorite novels of all time if not my favorite or one of my favorites yeah um so i really like book wendy And like Shelley Duvall does a fantastic job, like she really does for that version
0: of Wendy. For that
1: for that version of Wendy, but like (laughs) I like
0: book Wendy. (laughs) Yeah,
1: book Wendy is much stronger and much more like how Rebecca De Mornay plays her, and I like Rebecca De Mornay's performance as Wendy because I think it's it's a little bit more in tune to how the book was. Mm. Um, not everything works in it. I think it's I I just find it. I find it. I my biggest thing is I like the casting. I do think you're right. I think Stephen Weber, he, while he does, you know, anyone's gonna shy, shine, shine, you know, like <laughs> shy in comparison to, you know, Jack Nicholson's crazy. I like Stephen Weber's like normal man who goes crazy, as opposed to just being like but, <laughs> like you said, Jack Nicholson is crazy out the gate.
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't think Stephen is the strongest actor. <laughs>
2: That's the only one I can I can bad mouth is Cortland Mead. And I can't even say bad mouth because he's a child actor. So it was uh, like, you know. And it but,
1: feels like he's trying so hard, but like his, his tiny little buck teeth and yeah. just always having his mouth open, like leave it to beaver is actually a beaver.
0: <laughs> Daddy.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the main strong point of that film, <laughs> I mean miniseries is Rebecca De Mornay for me. Um, it's nice seeing an adaptation of The Shining that actually follows the book. Hmm. But yeah. Anyway, Stephen King's The Shining. <laughs> anyway, our little mini review of that. <laughs> In case you were wondering how we felt about it. <laughs> so I really want to rewatch it. I, I do too. The best I, adaptation I don't is Dr. Sleep. Uh, <laughs> I oh, like Dr. Sleep.
1: I do too.
2: Yeah, it was really, I, I mean, we don't have to go on a tangent on it, right? but yes, Mike Flanagan <laughs> adapted it so well. So
0: Yes, and I mean, the juggling act to do Dr. Sleep. Having to do a sequel to Stephen Kubrick's version of The Shining and an adaptation <laughs> of Kubrick. the novel. Did I say Stephen Kubrick? Stephen oh Kubrick! <laughs> yes. Stephen He's Kubrick the hybrid. The <laughs> <thing>. Yes. <laughs> it's just King bleeding into my mind. <laughs> anyway, Yes. Um, oh, it would
1: hate itself. I know Stephen King did not enjoy that no, adaptation. <laughs> famously.
0: Uh, anyway, doing <laughs> a sequel to Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, while also adapting Dr. Sleep, the Stephen King sequel to The Shining book, and having to marry that on screen, and I think he did it so well, that juggling act must have been a nightmare. Um, quite like Dr. Sleep. Yes. Especially anyway, the director's shocker. Cut. <laughs> yeah, the director's cut. Amazing. Love. 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 Shocker. Let's break this <laughs> bad boy down. <laughs> Written and directed by Wes Craven. Ever heard of him?
2: Nope.
0: Yeah. I mean, who's <laughs> Wes Craven? Wes
1: Craven. Who's that?
0: Yeah.
2: You mean David Cronenberg?
1: Um, I thought that was John Carpenter. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Joe Dante. Oh, God. John Landis?
2: (laughs) No, there's far too fatalities for this to be a John Landis movie. That is true.
1: That is true. That is true.
0: According to good old Wes, may he rest in peace, the film was severely cut for an R rating. It took around 13 submissions to... (laughs) Wonderful MPAA to receive an R instead of an X. Some of the scenes that were cut include Pinker spitting out fingers that he bit off from the prison guard, longer and more graphic electrocution, and longer scene of possessed coach stabbing his own hand. MPAA, I will never understand you. This movie is not even a hard R. Generously, I think they were trying to tighten up his edit.
2: I mean, it makes sense. It is a very. I mean, this movie is what an hour fifty-five something like that yeah. it's too long <laughs> uh, it could it could easily have been like i mean you cut down at least two dream sequences with jonathan's dead girlfriend which will obviously we'll get to and and you could have like a 90 maybe 95 we could say 95 that if you have a 95 minute movie that's okay but oh.
1: <laughs> and i mean surprisingly like a lot of this movie like there even the beginning of it is very long like it takes you 40 minutes to get to the execution Mm -hmm. to build up to what's going on and like it's while i appreciate trying to take time to build the story like it doesn't feel i don't know it feels like that's almost too long
0: (laughs) yeah Funnily enough it's not the first half that i feel the pacing drag
1: yeah agreed but i do think there are some things that like you don't really need or it could have been slightly we can go into that later yeah, yeah. i mean this production <laughs> yeah. i
2: mean it's if you're, if you're using it as a comparative and i'm sure we'll we will discuss it as much as possible if you're using nightmare on elm street also by Wes craven as the comparative i mean for starters yes the intro is almost the same with instead of putting a glove together it's horace pinker doing some sort of electrical manipulation um But Nightmare on Elm Street, you get Freddy in, what, five minutes after that initial uh, scene of him putting the glove together? We don't see Horace Pinker for at least 15, if that, um, for the movie.
0: Yeah. and he, yeah, I'll get into that in a a little bit on my (laughs) feelings of how this movie is laid out. Believe it or not, this film was originally envisioned as a series in the vein of A Nightmare on Elm Street, but after the tepid box office reception, the idea was dropped. When shooting the scene where... Oh, I wasn't even going to say this one. That's not... That's boring. Cut this out, Clayton.
1: <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, you don't want to mention that Peter Burke got hypothermia?
0: No, who cares? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Peter Berg cares, I'm sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> He's fine, at least at
1: the time he did. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but did he die? Yeah. <laughs>
1: no, froze his balls off. But
0: <laughs> oh, that's sad. <laughs> I'm sure his balls are lovely. Um, Wes Craven allegedly conceived the story as well as the character of Horace Pinker as a response to the diminishing quality of the sequels to *A Nightmare on Elm Street*. Craven had a hand in writing and producing Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors, which he saw as his way of finishing that series. And just going to throw out there, I think, even the bad Nightmare on Elm Street sequels. Better than Shocker.
2: Oh, d- definitely. I mean, this was 89, so Nightmare on Elm Street 5, which is, in my opinion, the my least favorite. But still, it has... I mean, some incredible visuals and interesting ideas. So going up against Shocker, uh, if I'm going Nightmare on Elm Street 5 against Shocker, I'll take
1: Nightmare on Elm Street 5. <laughs> <laughs> and 5 is your least favorite, really?
2: Yeah, 5, it just kind of, I mean, it's a weird thing with me. I go back and forth as far as my favorite, where it's 3 and 4 because those are the most like kinetic and, and high energy mm-hmm. five just hits this weird lull where they kind of were going, trying to go back to making Freddy, a little bit scary, like number one. And it just, like but they couldn't like reconcile between that and jokey Freddy, So it was like, well, that doesn't work. Plus it has like only three kills in it. So that's kind of weak and not a lot of blood, which it's like, really, I'm going to see a nightmare on Elm street movie. Two movies prior, I saw a kid being pulled by his tendons as a marionette. Now I'm just seeing <laughs> a guy turn into a motorcycle. What the?
3: <laughs>
0: Do you know what my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street film is? Marginal? Sean, you might know.
1: Is it new nightmare?
0: It is. It's a new nightmare. Oh, okay. It's my favorite. I'm, that's...
1: I was going to say it. Friday. That's
2: probably third favorite for me. But. I think
0: that's the only Nightmare on Elm Street film of the entire franchise to me that is genuinely scary.
2: But yeah, I'd say so. That's I mean, it is and plus the 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 idea like the meta nature of it all is is really interesting. Um and and an idea that later gets built up even more uh, with Scream. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And it was kind of doing that before that stuff happened and i just yeah i think it's super cool
1: i actually agree with you my two favorites are the original and then the new nightmare i i find it hard to pick between the two with which one i like better
0: i will say even though i'm probably gonna get massacred for this i will just throw out there while it is not great i will gently defend the remake i don't think it's nearly as awful as everyone makes it out to be um it
2: it has moments it's i think when they try to go the original route with it like like in, in not like taking from the original i mean like when they try to have original ideas that's when it feels like oh this actually could have been a really cool movie like the micro napping and um and just the overall idea of like when they're initially playing it more as well maybe we lied maybe we were you know maybe we yeah. made a mistake and you killed an innocent person which honestly would have made for a more interesting twist but when it finally gets revealed that no you were right the whole time it's like well that deflates the balloon entirely
1: yeah yeah and i, and I actually and i think you're completely right kevin i think that would have been far more compelling and it would have been very different to have especially you know like to have a man be falsely accused and then murdered for it. And then he comes back for revenge through the children. Like that's, that would have been far more compelling than what we got. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I will say, I think it's strengths. I think it's, I love how dark it is. It's very dark. It really leans into the child abuse thing. I think, uh, Oh my god, Sean, help me out. My brain is just completely blanking on his name. Um,
1: Jackie Earl Haley.
0: Yeah, I think Jackie Earl Earl Haley does a fantastic job with his incarnation of Freddy. I don't love the design or anything of him, Mm. but I think his performance is great and he really kind of made it his own thing. Rooney Mara Obviously Duh. not her greatest. Um...
1: <laughs> yes, think, geez, if sorry. you said, would have said that Rooney Mara no, was a not, plus no, for that movie, it's not a plus. I would have shut you know our how podcast much down. I
0: love Rooney Mara. <laughs> Cannot stand her performance in that. We've got my favorite final boy, Kyle Gallner. Wonderful as always in a Speedo. Uh, <laughs> again, love the set pieces in it. I think it's got one of the most chilling things i've ever seen in a horror movie when freddy kills um thomas oh decker my God. huh
2: thomas decker
0: yes and oh the my God. seven 20... minutes yeah that whole thing that six part more minutes to play I yeah that part the really was chills. really
2: was good like and then it was just like oh now we're just going to show you a clip
0: basically from the original movie yeah poor
2: cg of freddy coming out of a wall
0: <laughs> yes But I I don't think it's as bad As everyone makes it out to be I enjoy it, I throw it on a lot I went and saw it twice in theaters At a super sketchy theater in Talladega, Alabama And um (laughs) It was quite a fun time Anyway Shocker Uh, (laughs) Getting our hot takes On a lot of stuff Um, I'm loving this (laughs) Yeah (laughs) Shocker was the last of us in (laughs) For a good reason the last of a cycle of horror films about murderers coming back from the dead after execution in the electric chair, after prison in 1987, *Destroyer* in 1988, and *House Three: The Horror Show* in 1989 had preceded it. And uh, yeah, let's leave this trend in the past, in the 80s, where <laughs> it belongs.
2: <laughs> well, now, yeah, now, now it's basically you can't really do it because now it's just like he got lethal injection
0: right now (laughs) he comes back back as poison ivy
2: (laughs) he's a gas he's a gaseous killer no thank you well
1: and i mean and that was something i was wanting to bring up is like i would love to see this movie be remade for now especially with modern technology uh and i don't think it could be like i don't think like you said i don't think we could do the electric chair but like just have it end in a like a substation (laughs) like (laughs) like have him just like destroy the power for this entire town and then like you could do electric
0: chair make it a period piece
1: yeah
2: you can in theory or you could do um
1: no but i want to see it with modern technology you can do amazing spider man
2: too he falls into a vat of eels and dies um
1: yeah. what is this Frankenstein <laughs> wait the wait wait sorry Kenneth Branagh's, Kenneth Branagh's Mary Shelley's Frankenstein
2: <laughs> not to be confused with Kenneth Branagh's William Shakespeare's Much Ado About Nothing yes exactly
1: <laughs> or Kenneth Branagh's Agatha Christie's uh, Murder on, on the Orient Express <laughs> or Death on the Nile yeah, I, I this. think <laughs> this is the type of thing I
0: think should be remade if it's an interesting idea that was a poor execution haha, <laughs> because the execution didn't work um, <laughs> stuff like this is you know right for a remake instead of remaking something amazing that already works remake something that wasn't great but could be improved uh, remake shocker I'm not necessarily going to be there opening weekend but I'd be curious to see it
1: or you could even reboot it if you wanted to, technically. I mean, he's trapped in that TV. Just have somebody, like, have some poor little TV repairman, like Horace Binker used to be, try and repair the TV. And it brings him back, and then he, you know, starts, yeah, up, mean, starts up again.
2: I mean, and Mitch Palenki looks pretty close to the same. Yeah, right? honestly. Yeah, yeah. he aged very same. well. So, I mean, I'd give him props. If, he, if they would do it, I'm... I'm in.
0: (laughs) Well, he also was bald when he was like 25, so I think that's helped. Yeah, (laughs) that usually
2: helps. It's the same with me. So,
0: (laughs) ageless. Me too. (laughs) Ageless appearance. Sean, take us through this cast of Oscar winners. (laughs)
1: I'm a fucking Oscar winner. Uh, sorry, Uh, Michael Murphy plays Lieutenant Don (laughs) Parker. Uh, we've got Peter Berg as Jonathan Parker, his booty for the ages. <laughs> uh, we've got MVP uh, Mitch Pelegi, who you might recognize from the X-files. Um, he as Skinner, uh, as the very uh, he's very good villain uh, Horace Pinker. Uh, Camille Cooper or Cammy Cooper, as she's known in the movie, as Alison, the doomed girlfriend. Richard Brooks as Rhino, who uh, you might recognize if you watch have watched the show Firefly. He's in the episode. I will Objects get to it. Face. I promise. No, you won't. It's okay. It'll I will. Fun.
0: I will get to it. It's one of those things that I've been <laughs> told for years. I need to watch it. So after I finish blazing through Doctor Who, and then do my Buffy and Angel rewatch, I will finally watch Firefly and Serenity. <sighs> No, we'll you'll do it. So
1: they'll remake Secession, and you'll see that again. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it is only yeah. one
2: season. It's not the hardest thing to get through, yeah. thankfully. So that's that's at least something. Yeah, it's one season in a
0: movie. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, Ted Raimi is Pac Man. Um, Sam Scarber is Coach Sidney Cooper, and we've got Wes Craven's children, Jonathan and Jessica, playing people in this movie as well. Yeah, which I thought was nice. Nice old, family yeah. affair yeah Wes you know, always seemed nepotism. like a
2: family oriented person
1: agreed <laughs> well and he very much was in a lot of ways i think he had like a lot of people would follow him from movie to movie um which i think is kind of sweet
2: yeah everything every it like i'm watching the the never sleep again documentary was just like everybody would always just be like yeah, you go in talking, you know, like, you haven't met Wes Craven, and you're expecting him to be, like, this brooding, you know, over-the-top gothic figure. And then you go in, and he's there in, like, a sweater vest, and he's just
0: like, oh, hello, how are you
3: doing?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, by all accounts, Wes has, was such a sweet guy. I Everybody always seemed to really love working with him. Maybe shouldn't have written his own scripts, but
2: oh, well, that's yeah. Sometimes that happens. Um, I mean, even even the best directors can can fail at screenwriting. I mean, Kevin yeah. Smith has had some doozies of his own scripts. That yeah.
1: <laughs> and honestly, yes. he's had some banger scripts. A Nightmare on Elm Street and New Nightmare both have fantastic scripts. So,
0: <laughs> my sole take: not so much. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 oh,
1: that well, is and I feel,
0: I think that's one of those, um,
2: like, even slightly with Nightmare on Elm Street, it feels like he's trying to catch teen teen talk at a certain level, and when it got to my soul to take, it was just like, yeah, you're, you don't understand how teenagers talk
1: anymore, Wes, you're a
2: 60 <laughs> plus year old man at this point, uh, you're. You're out of the loop, my friend.
1: Have you ever seen the movie Grown Ups? Yes, uh, yes. When, when Steve Buscemi is like, "Hello, friend, fellow students," <laughs> like, <laughs> that is exactly how I imagine Wes Craven writing that.
3: <laughs>
2: yes, it's ooh, that 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 that's. I I didn't even see that movie in theaters. I um, pirated that movie when it first came out, and I you know. Was... It made
1: enough money. It was fine. Pirated away. Yeah. <laughs> like...
2: It made no money.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: nobody saw it.
1: <laughs> I've seen a few where nobody saw them, and I'm like, uh, maybe I shouldn't have pirated that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it made, it made money
2: because it was 3D for some inexplicable reason.
1: Um... Oh my gosh. A fucking 3D. 3D.
2: We wanted that Condor model thing to really pop off the screen. <laughs> sure (laughs) so I uh, rewatched that on tubi like last year and i'm like why did i bother why did i bother
0: (laughs) i've seen five exactly five 3d films that the 3d worked for it one and two avatar obby obviously uh (laughs)
1: What, are you trying to make sure that the kids know what obvi means? Yes. Thank you. Yes, Thanks, Wes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Speaking like the kids. Yes.
0: Uh, oh, my God. My brain is not working today. Um, Prometheus. Amazing theatrical 3D experience. So subtle. So good. My Bloody Valentine. Super fun super fun in 3d and piranha 3d just wonderful wonderful stuff
2: piranha definitely definitely was enhanced with the 3d i mean the the blood and the gore and uh jerry o'connell's severed penis flying out at you from the screen is uh and then being re-eaten as well uh, yes is 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 a is a scene for the ages
3: (laughs) um
0: i will throw out an honorable mention of a film that was not originally released in three D, but uh I did see a re release in three D that I thought was very well that again it was more of a subtle enhancement Titanic in three D. Okay. Great. Yeah, I could see that being It was very well done for three D not at
1: my theater. I saw that in three D and I did not like it.
0: Oh uh when I saw it in three D I thought it was really well done because it was kind of the Prometheus route that it was more subtle like When Rose is about to jump from the back of the ship and commit suicide. I never realized before the legitimate amount of space that there was. It was the first time I'd really been like, oh, shit. She's like, this is really high up there. Mm -hmm. And the 3D just really accentuated that. It wasn't like a really bonkers thing. I just. Yeah. So it wasn't like Kate Winslet naked and it just really is like we wanted to
2: show this more we really yeah, wanted this 3D to come boobies off out in the screen because you can reach out and jiggle
0: them it, wa- it wasn't that it was much more a subtle thing i um, want
2: you to draw me wearing this
0: yeah only this whoa all right <laughs> she's twirling the twirling the robe uh oh my god <laughs> the, the the sash propellers. uh thank you <laughs> <laughs> there's thank the word for i'm looking for words today
1: you're welcome. <laughs> well,
2: Kate Winslet will fluster any any person. It's it's true, honestly. Especially in that Kate movie, so like she's Wow! Like that was the first thing I saw her in, and I was just like, "Who are you? You are stunning."
0: You didn't go see Heavenly Creatures in theaters, Kevin.
2: Well, I would have been seven. Right. No, probably. <laughs> I was joking. Maybe five. <laughs>
3: Keep I mean, my parents
2: would have. I'm sure they. My parents were very open-minded with what we went, what we saw. I mean, I saw Terminator 2 when I was four years old, so <laughs> at the drive-in That's... with next to, right sandwiched between my parents, and I'm just like, "This is cool." And then I saw Linda Hamilton explode in a nuclear explosion, and I'm like, "This is terrifying." <laughs> <laughs>
1: honestly best reaction yeah that's about it
2: (laughs) (laughs) but then you know you see robert patrick patrick explode as you know as frozen liquid metal and you're like this is cool again (laughs) god t2 is
0: fantastic
2: absolutely it's one of the best sci-fi films of all time not even just sequel film (laughs) yeah
1: i was gonna say i in all of film i think it's one of the best films of all time i myself prefer the Original, like I, I prefer the Terminator over T2, um, but I like to think they just go hand in hand, so it's all just one story.
0: <laughs> I prefer T2 personally, but I'm a
2: salvation person, uh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Said no one ever.
1: Uh, like, if anyone ever said that to me, I would think I would just stop and walk away. Like, I don't even know who it would be. Like, I didn't I would...
0: even for a split second think you were serious. It was just like, oh, <laughs> they're joking.
2: I'm a huge Sam Worthington fan. That guy. Wow. What acting range. Uh,
0: <laughs> I feel like I've liked him in something. I can't think of what it is off was the top it of my head. But... Avatar? No, I don't think he's compelling in Avatar. Honestly, is it
2: not? Is it the Clash or Wrath of the Titans?
0: You know, um, I couldn't tell you because those movies were so forgettable. I could not tell you a single thing about them. Wasn't I Emma saw Arterton the first in one in
2: theaters with my dad, and both of us left the theater going, "Well, that was a mistake." I think. <laughs>
0: yeah. What's her name? What's that uh, Gemma uh, Arderton. Yeah.
3: Hmm.
1: Yes. yes she's in the first one I believe yeah
2: and then it's what Rosamund Pike I think is yeah I think Rosamund Pike takes yeah she gets
1: recast with Rosamund Pike (laughs) which (laughs) I was like like like, that's such a weird lateral move right there.
2: (laughs) I mean I love Rosamund Pike don't get me wrong I do too she's great in Jack Reacher and she's great in uh Gone Girl
0: Gone Girl The
2: The World's End I I care a lot
0: (laughs) Oh, and I, I'm shocked you guys are not mentioning her star turn in Die Another Day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, di- I saw that in theaters as move. well, so you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> read this, bitch. <laughs>
1: yes. Honestly, she was a pretty good Bond girl villain. Not the best, but she was she was pretty good.
2: It was a good turn. A good. I mean, it wasn't a surprise, but it was a good turn. Like you know. Sure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, shocker. We must talk about this. I feel like that's going to be the the through line of this entire episode. So, shocker. Mm. (laughs) You know, this plot feels familiar. (laughs) Whatever do
2: you mean? This is the most original film I've ever seen in my life. A killer who dies and comes back, and a person who has dreams that can see this killer wait a minute Well no. this is how i didn't do
0: this before <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh yeah maybe a little <laughs> but i always love the fact it, so whenever i think of like a director ripping off their own material um i think of in the late 80s there was that big aquatic horror boom where it was like the abyss and deep star six and leviathan and 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 I love aquatic horror movies, so like I of course seen have seen like all of them. Um, but Dino know, De Laurentiis actually did Deep Star Six, but he also did a little like a you know B movie or a, with a you know with less money called The Rift. And they were all like, "Why are you making both of these?" And he was like, "Well, I'm tired of people ripping off my movies, so I'm just gonna do it at the same time." <laughs> <laughs> So uh, he I ripped mean, off his know, own movie. To, it like, makes so sense
2: when fun. you, you know, when you're as greedy as Dino De Laurentiis, you, you want to <laughs> make hundred
1: percent.
2: You know, just, Stephen, Stephen, please, I'll hire you to direct Maximum Overdrive because you're A, cheap, and B, you know where the good cocaine is. So. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which, speaking of Maximum Overdrive, I actually think that'd be a good double feature with this movie. I would definitely watch it first, like this yeah. one first. Yeah. This is Finish, uh, yeah. and, end on the high note. <laughs> I mean, yeah,
2: you're end, yeah. When you end with ACDC, you're you're ending on a high note. You know, <laughs> just a whole film scored by ACDC, no less. That's just incredible.
3: Mm-hmm. Not
2: not to be confused with this film, which is scored. I don't know who scored it, but features music by the Dudes of Wrath. the greatest maybe super group of all
3: time (laughs) I mean you've got Alice
2: Cooper you've got Paul Stanley uh, Michael Anthony from Van Halen and I forget all of who else and it's just like okay yeah this is
0: something (laughs) it's so 80s it hurts yes
2: it's like I said it's the most metal movie ever
0: you know, on the other end of that, this came out in 1989 with all this metal. You know what else came out in 1989? Taylor Fucking Swift. So the world <laughs> evens itself out. All I'm saying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's go with that. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, all right, all right, that's fine.
0: Go ahead. I just went to comment. Why are killers always so gross? Like, Hannibal (laughs) was so neat and tidy and clean. And I I feel like if you're going to be killing for a while, you need to have some level of organization to be able to keep getting away with it. And I get that technology was not the same in the 80s, but, I mean, his shop is disgusting. He's got dead cats hanging up everywhere. I mean, wouldn't that smell? He had to have had customers to, you know, keep supporting him.
2: Well, I mean not necessarily yeah he
0: or the, he could have like drop-offs
2: like people would just drop their tv off or i mean he has that van or I he mean, would steal from he the he's killed getting <laughs> away with it for most of the time until jonathan automatically becomes psychic
0: somehow uh <laughs> yeah it's very unclear my yeah, personal he's like, i've killed like five families i'm i'm up with the, the game <laughs>
2: Until Jonathan's just like I don't know I hit a goal post. Now and I fell over am, a table. Man, yeah. Now I have psychic visions. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Naturally, <laughs> head it's trauma it
2: equals psychic visions. We've all seen the Dead Zone. We know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I actually did not watch the Dead Zone. It looks really awful. Oh, uh,
1: well, you're wrong.
2: Yeah it's it's a uh, it's amazing and Is it has it one of the most it's it's one it has one of the most. Uh, Icky suicide scenes I've ever seen in a horror movie. Like it oh, just does sound kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, it, well, it's a David Cronenberg movie, so that if if that doesn't appeal to you, I don't know.
0: I mean, I do like Cronenberg. Sean likes Cronenberg a lot more than I do. But, but... it's
2: not, I, don't know, I when I say, even when I say Cron- I like I'm saying it, and I'm just like, well, it's not even like the worst of Cronenberg in terms of like his. This like, is like mainstream. Like, yeah, this is like this is like Eastern Promises, Cronenberg. This isn't like Fly, Cronenberg. It's probably so on the scale of
0: Cronenberg. Where does Existence fit in?
2: <laughs> that's uh, like The Brood,
1: Cronenberg. Uh, yeah, maybe slightly below the Fly, but above.
2: Uh... I'd put it uh, above Rabbit, um, yeah. below the Fly. Uh,
0: below his work in night breed. Um, so weirdly yeah. enough, I've not seen a lot of Cronenberg.
2: I mean, he's it's it's uh he's a very I don't know, it's hard to really describe him in terms of his
0: directing. He's just like unique. He's just unique. I've enjoyed what I've seen of him, but honestly like what I think of like what I've seen from Cronenberg is just obviously The Fly, I've seen Existence, I saw Crimes of the Future. And I feel like I might have seen one or two other ones, but generally... Did you see Dead Ringers, where Jeremy Irons plays Twins? I did not see Dead Ringers. I'm curious about Dead Ringers, because I did start watching the show with Rachel Vice mm. and did not have time to finish it, because I just got busy, and now I'm just in a Doctor Who freefall. Uh, <laughs> and I mainly just watched that, because, I mean, two Rachel Vices? Are you serious? Like, of course I'm going to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> You had
2: me at Rachel Vice, and then you doubled it with two? uh, Yes, absolutely.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's pretty fun, what I've seen of it. Mm. Very stylish, and I'll watch her in anything, literally anything. I still maintain that her and Daniel Craig, they're both each other's beards, and I just love that for them. I refuse to believe that either of them is straight and that they're just intermarried. I just think they're both gay and covering for each other and they love each other deeply and I just love it. That that whole
2: story Daniel Craig had where it was just like, I would go to gay bars because, you know, we were avoiding fights there and everything. It's like, sure, Daniel, that's why you went.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sure, Jan. Uh, (laughs) This main character in this film, hot, Or not? What do we think? I'm, I mean, great
2: body, but the second he opens that mouth and starts talking, I'm just like, what, what, you've, you're, you're, you may have an amazing, you're, you're a specimen, but once you open that mouth, I, I, you lose like 10 points.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, there are things to do to make people stop talking and... (laughs) (laughs)
2: Wow. <laughs> like eating dinner, obviously.
0: That's, you know. Yes, dinner. Uh <laughs> I will say that scene when he's like grunting made me very uncomfortable and then I was like, "Oh, he's working out, but that's still really awkward. I don't like how he's doing that." Um, <laughs> While his girlfriend is in the bath. <laughs> yes, his girlfriend is in the bath who he has not had sex with even though they've been together for like a year. I just like that he's in gray sweatpants for half the movie. I don't know what Wes's idea was for that, but it did make the film a lot more tolerable for me because I'm like, ooh, a guy with a good body running in gray sweatpants, not mad at it. I would let him sit on my face and probably really enjoy that. Just please don't grunt in the way that you were when you were working out. <laughs> How do we feel about Ghost Girlfriend?
2: Sean, I'll let you take this one to start.
1: <laughs> um, Ghost Girlfriend is... I don't hate. I think there's too much of her. I think the just the explanation was all that was needed, and then she kind of pops up and does like the whole light thing, and that was annoying. Um, I I appre- I I do appreciate the film is like s- like it, it killing off like your main love interest like thirty less than thirty minutes into the film. It's, it's kind of a brave touch. I will give it that like that's not something you would normally see like normally uh you know a love interest they tend to they're really to a love interest
0: do we ever believe that they're in love
1: i mean i mean, in the film they are so he, I mean. he
2: did ask her to bear his children so right so in <laughs> you have some to have way, sex to bear on. your
0: children honey sorry <laughs>
2: Well, hey, he's a college. He's a college athlete. He doesn't want to get tied down with kids just yet till he gets yeah, he, that. He's busy that fucking with NFL he' that sure. he's in love with. Because he's the he's apparently the greatest college football player of all time, as said by the news multiple yeah, times at
0: his whatever tech school,
3: <laughs>
0: where he's
2: getting a coke from
0: West Craven's daughter. Yes. <laughs> So, the edit that I would make that I think would make this film so much better is just cut everything with Ghost Girlfriend. Don't need it. It doesn't make sense at all. I don't get what was so special about her. Why, out of everybody that he kills, why she comes back and matters. The whole necklace thing, I just think is bizarre. I think it made more sense in The Evil Dead, which is saying something. It just...
1: Uh, I mean, I'll push back on you a little bit with that, just because... It, you clearly see... Dodges it. out of the
0: way and watches you fall flat on your face because I just disagree completely with whatever you're about to tell me. <laughs> no, and that's, that's
1: fine. You're allowed to disagree. Um, I, I mean, I do I think it absolutely works? No, I don't. I really... It really does not fire on all cylinders. Do I understand why it's in there? Yes. Um, especially if... it When you look at this story, it is generally a story of good versus evil. Um, and evil which is pinker you know he makes that deal with with basically the devil who sounds like fonzie
2: <laughs> the devil with rocky horror lips you yes know? exactly <laughs> you get who comes it out of the baby t-
1: who comes out of a tv yeah. so like he's kind of if he is the personification of evil then it must mean that good's out there and so it makes her kind of like an agent of god Slash Guardian Angel, I because he's the one that can stop him. I don't. I, I like I said. I don't think it works very well. Do I think it works in in terms of the story? In some ways, yes.
0: Absolutely I,
2: not. <laughs> I, well, and it, it was the thing. I'm thinking about it now, talking about it. And I'm just realizing, like, well, our protagonist is dealing is is seeing a supernatural version of. A close friend or loved one who has died, and I'm just thinking again, Wes. You're just stealing from Night Brown Elm Street again when Nancy sees Tina in the body bag like three times throughout the movie. You know, it's just so it's like okay. I think Wes Craven's really just going. Well, that worked so well in Night Brown Elm but Street. Tina didn't have
0: like magic powers to help with this. No, absolutely.
2: That's that's like his new his new wrinkle to it is like. Well, I'm going to add this so nobody Why? thinks I'm just stealing the same idea that I just did five years prior.
0: I will say, I do quite respect the fact that Wes did a remake of Nightmare on Elm Street, but like worse. <laughs> 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 While also um, ripping off Child's Play and Evil Dead a little bit.
2: A little bit, yeah. He's 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 kind of cribbing from bits and pieces of, of horror uh, horror films prior to this one.
1: And honestly, I think the only reason that f- stupid necklace was created was to save that little girl. <laughs> yeah, me. that's like, that's because it. it doesn't really, really... used ever. Uh, other than that, other than to oh, keep, he uses like...
0: the necklace all the time in that ridiculous third act. Well, no, he... yeah, I guess towards the toward the at the very end is like
2: it basically, I guess, is what's helping him go through. The tv is the like it's her I'm gonna it's the hang this
0: necklace on the camera and jump into it. <laughs> yeah
2: it's like the conduit to which he can it's it's his power source i guess is like yeah. all right
1: well but also if that's not what he's allowed to he can't jump through it so he's essentially he's like trapping him in the tv yeah but he can't jump after him to get out because the he can't touch the yeah the necklace but, like, the necklace isn't used for literally oh, no, yeah. like it a gets, third of the movie. Yeah, it, gets, it saves that
2: little girl and then is instantly tossed into the lake where they're like, we need to get that necklace out of the lake. Yeah, and
1: then, they and never then it do. doesn't get
2: saved until the last 10 minutes
0: of the movie or whatever. Because the gross girlfriend gives it back to him via a dream. Yes, via a dream. Where he's
2: surrounded by zombies, other ghosts of dead people.
1: Well, I think they're all the ghosts of his victims. Yeah. The coach coach
2: literally telling him, don't let him catch you sleeping. Well, I'm asleep right now, so he's catching me sleeping.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to set up these news people to catch this guy and then instantly go take a nap. Sure. (laughs) Well, I mean,
2: it's it's midnight. He's got to get some sleep before midnight. That's, that's, you know.
0: Yeah. He's going to have a busy night. What do we think of Pinker doing his riff on... Uh,
2: I mean I think I think Mitch Pleggy is really going for it. I I think the problem is they're going too far into the you know, the aesthetics of of campy over the top jokey Freddy, uh, that came in the later sequels of Nightmare on Elm Street, which I even Wes Craven was like saying in, in interviews and stuff where he's just like yeah, I didn't really like that they made Freddie uh, making puns and stuff like that. So, uh, and then he's got
0: Horace Pinker making, yeah, they, not as good. He puns. has Horace
2: Pinker saying, you know, I just wanted a little head and finger looking good, and you know, <laughs> like it's like, well, make up your mind, Wes. Like, you know.
1: take a ride in my vault swag. Oh, yeah. my god. <laughs> well, have you ever? And oh, you I've, have
0: I've, to make the comparisons because, like, he's literally got his head all burnt. I mean, it's screaming at you to compare it to freddy
2: have you read Wes craven's uh like his script for nightmare on elm street 3 at all
1: uh no i I actually haven't i
0: was gonna say i haven't sean's the script reader
2: there there are elements of it that that are close to the final script uh, or the final film of nightmare on elm street 3 but like it's Wes craven wrote it with bruce wagner who actually plays the guy uh, the the guy in the electric chair with the glasses the the cop there um who was also in one crazy summer but he um the two of them wrote this script and it's just like it's Freddie is do sort of doing puns but they're way darker and like he drops like the C word I don't know how many times throughout this entire script it's like are you mad at Cunt like everything? Inc-
0: in- incredibly underused in the english language in america
2: yeah but it feels like he's i mean instead of like because freddie became like the guy who would just be like hey bitch 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 you know that whole scary terry thing from rick and morty where he's just like (laughs) come on bitch you know (laughs) but this is just like he's dropping he's dropping the c-bomb like every fourth page where he pops up and it's like hey man just take it down a notch so i feel like Wes craven was kind of like well, they want, these, they want these goddamn puns so bad. All right, I'll do take a ride in my Volkswagen. Does that work? <laughs> and no, it doesn't. It doesn't at all, Wes.
1: No, especially because it doesn't make any sense.
2: <laughs> this bark loungers going to kick your ass. What does that mean?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, the Bark-O-Lounger's a chair, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah. But, like, it's stupid. And honestly, that one's my favorite Audible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that one is my favorite. I love the whole chair sequence. It's so stupid, and I really love it. It's, it's so bonkers. I'm like, all right. This I, is I movie... watched this
2: with my wife. Well, like, she was sort of watching it, popping her head up every once in a while to just be like, what is this shit? But <laughs> she saw the part when he sits down in the chair and the eyes pop out <laughs> and and she just instantly went I want that chair
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's,
2: I, it's crazy it that that and that but then it, it's hilarious because it when it morphs into him but it still has the the bottom like recliner piece where it's just like yeah that's weird
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> Or the eyes just, like, popping out from, like, the seams. Yeah, it's so perfect. It's cherry.
0: just like, oh, he's going to sit in Daddy's lap if it's his dad. You know, we don't know. A lot of things are very unclear, including the rules, which I think if the rules had been just a little bit more clear, again, would have made this film work so much more.
2: Yeah, I mean, Wes Graven, he literally, like, again, going back, Nightmare on Elm Street, he sets clear rules with that movie. You get cut or hurt in your dream. You get hurt in real life. You can bring things out of your dream that were in real life, or you know, in into real life,
0: just hard like in fast. this movie. <laughs> yeah,
2: hard and fast rules. This one, it's like, well, you could you could bring him in. Or you could get him out of a body with that necklace, but then he'll also be electric electrical powered. But if he puts his fingers in the socket, then he can sort of become solid. Maybe uh, <laughs> he can come out of your TV. At some at some points, but then other points he can't. Like,
0: yeah, it's it's so unclear. You just kind of have to just go with it. I just got super stoned and stopped trying to figure it out and was just like, "All right, I'm just gonna go with this for about 20 minutes too long." <laughs> and thankfully, Jonathan got a really good body. At one point, I'm <laughs> just gonna <laughs> share this for the listeners to have some insight into what our notes are like. I said, yeah, show us your little man nipples and hairy pits while you sleep. <laughs> Good times. In that
2: sweet
1: water bed. Yeah. Uh, yes. That, I saw the other one. With that bed.
2: great CG transition of it turning into a pool of water at some point.
1: Oh, my God.
0: The effects in this are astonishing, honestly.
2: Incredible. Just, uh, I mean... How this didn't win an Academy Award, I I don't know.
0: But. I will never understand it. Another thing that I think greatly drags this down, Killer with a Limp possesses people. They also get a limp that looks like their ankle is just shattered, so they're chasing a football star while dragging a leg behind them. Kind of takes the suspense out of chase sequences.
2: But it it is kind of hilarious just the fact that these people are coming after him with this limp and all of these actors are just I I feel like Wes Craven was just like go as big as you want because you're possessed by something and they're all every single one of them just goes all right so I'll kind of do Igor from uh, Frankenstein and I'll just go "Eh, eh, eh, eh," as I'm chasing after him with my limp
0: Favorite possession? I, go, the little girl. little girl.
2: Yeah, it's <laughs> automatically the little girl. There's girl's. no
1: other answer.
2: Of <laughs> like. uh, the cop? No, never mind. <laughs> oh, the coach. The coach is probably second favorite. I'd say he's, but that's because the two the two of them get the most like screen time out of out of the possessed people. Well, and his dad. Uh,
0: I did enjoy that it possessed the dad. I thought that was a fun wrinkle.
2: Yeah, and then it it. it, it but it's a weird ending for it when it when and then
0: the dad Pinker leaves the body well possessed.
2: Yeah, it's it's weird because then Pinker like leaves the body because it's like, My heart, my heart, and it's just like, Oh my god, I didn't know you had a heart condition. He's like, I don't. But Pinker didn't know that. It's like, oh So you're just able to like this thing's inside your body. It knows what you <laughs> what you your heart's like, but it can't be like Oh my god, he's faking having a heart attack. Oh no. <laughs> like logic kind of flies out the window with that sequence.
0: I mean, honestly, logic flies out the window for this an whole hour movie. and fifty yeah. minutes.
2: <clears throat> <laughs> but, you know, Peterberg has to save his dad, Don. Don, his dad. Dad? Yeah. Dad, Don. Don. Don Dad. Don. Dad. Don. His like Peterberg when like I said, when he talks, it's just I don't know if it's just he has an odd inflection on certain points, but he is, he's saying Don. Cause I, I, I had seen this with subtitles, but it points, it sounds like he's saying dad. And then it's yeah. just like, like, it, which, which is it?
0: <laughs> yeah. The delivery is very strange from him. I can agree. Can we talk for a minute about queer coding? Do we think there's anything going on in this film?
2: I, I feel like there is, at least in the terms of, like, subtle moments, I feel like there's something going on with Pac-Man to Jonathan, because Pac-Man is the most, like, affectionate one towards Jonathan, like, Rhino is the one More who's just there. More affectionate
0: than like, Ghost Girlfriend.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Rhino. Rhino's there, and he's just like, yeah, I'm your friend, Jonathan, and I want to break Horace Pinker's neck, <laughs> which... I do love that line when Jonathan's telling him all about, it and he's just like, "Can I break his neck? I really want to break his neck."
3: <laughs>
2: but, <laughs> but yeah, Ted Raimi as Pac Man feels like he's like—I mean, he's the one walking him off the field in the beginning, where he's like, "Do you want me to get you a doctor, Jonathan?" And then he's stitching him up later when after oh, he gets dare shot. Dare you hurt
0: my tight end?
2: <laughs> he gets shot in the shoulder, and it's just like, like for that whole scene, like last ten minutes more, he's just like, "Wow." Well, Can't believe I got shot. It's like, yeah, you should be in horrible pain not running around so easily. But yeah, Pac Man's there, stitching him up, and then he tells him, We'll go get your diving mask, I'll get you some food and a change of clothes. Like he's so he cares about Jonathan so much that he can't even Pinker can't even possess Pac-Man. Yeah. So I would say there's there's a little a little queer coding there.
0: Yeah, a line that got me was actually from Pinker when he's possessing the construction worker and he looks at Jonathan and says, how do you like this body? And something about the delivery just felt weird to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sean, you noticed something.
1: Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, the one thing I had noticed was, um, and right after the scene you are talking about where Pac-Man's like, oh, I want to break his neck and he's being patched up. We jonathan and rhino head to the lake and he's like try basically trying to send rhino he's like he's like i don't he's like somebody i love already died i don't want to lose anyone else i love and it's very like i get it could be friendly i wrote that down
2: too and i didn't (laughs) even think about it
1: yeah i was like it could be friendly but it could also be slightly kind of on the on the queer coding side um and then you know like it all this stuff with Ted Raimi, I think you're absolutely right, Kevin. It's very much a... Uh...
0: Also, in know. case someone listening to this does not know who Ted Raimi is, you know, good ol' Evil Dead legacy right there. Uh, is Ted
2: Raimi. <laughs> the one and only time Ted Raimi will play a badass is in the opening couple of minutes of Candyman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well... And, you know, in case anybody ever happened to play the wonderful Supermassive produced game. uh, Oh, my God, Sean, why can I not think of words today?
1: I don't know. What do you need me to think of?
0: (laughs) That game, the Supermassive game, uh, I played it so many times with the werewolves. Uh,
1: The werewolves? Oh, um, the quarry
0: the quarry yes. oh yes yes ted ramey didn't play it but in the i quarry. heard it was, oh it's very heard fun. it was okay i i enjoyed it a lot it's not as good as the other one that of course i can't remember what it's called or is that uh, dying dawn. not dying until light. dawn until dawn yeah
1: i'm like a verified wikipedia at times <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's okay <laughs> yeah I, i'm that, that not way with today of and i feel like it's just gone to my brain uh Oh my god, Sean, I just <laughs> I just saw a note you had in here. Which one? <laughs> I had written in all caps, why is this necklace special? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna read it for you kevin just because i don't think clayton's gonna be able to get it out um, so whenever whenever clayton does the notes first i'll go through and i'll like answer him on things mm-hmm. so on this one he had like when he was talking about um is jonathan hot i answered like i was he i was like horny on Maine. and then so for this one he hang on let me get to it uh Get to it in the notes. There it is. He goes, Why is this necklace special? And I said, Because of love, Clayton. Love is like oxygen. Love is a many splendor thing. Love lifts us <laughs> up where we belong. All you need is love.
3: <laughs> oh, Moulin and that Rouge. Is why he, yeah, yep. And that is Moulin why it is currently
1: <laughs> killing Clayton.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Dear sweet Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Wonderful. And that is why Nicole Kidman is my patron saint of my gayness. Uh, I just have to this finale is so bonkers. I wish it was cut down. He's chasing him through the TV. Leave it to Beavers there. But the thing that really, really got me is when he's controlling Pinker with the remote control, but it's not working the way a remote control has ever worked. He's like pointing the remote control... And it's throwing Pinker around the room and he's acting like, remember my brother, remember mom, all this stuff you did. Mm-hmm. But it's not really hurting him. It's it, just kind he... of like...
2: Yeah. <laughs> he's using it like a mote, sort of, for a couple <laughs> of... he's like, moves it like across the room and throws him into the wall and stuff. It's like, yeah, this guy's supernatural. Like, you've literally both... Both of you survived a nuclear explosion on that TV, apparently. I don't.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry he brutally stabbed your mom to death, but banging him into the wall by pointing your remote control does not, like, punishment fit the crime. But sure, this is super empowering. I just didn't love the finale of this. It was too long. I would have cut this, again, probably a solid 20 minutes out of this movie. And that yeah. finale was just so ridiculous. I just, I can't even,
2: I, <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, thinking about it in terms of like, even, I guess it's supposed to be a growth for the character to be like, you know, cause he has the knife and Pinker's like, come on, you know, you're going to do it. You know, you're just like me. And then he's like, but I'm not like you. And he throws it out the window or whatever. And I guess it's, you know, it's, I'm, the, the ending for the original Nightmare on Elm Street, let's be honest, that finale is a little where, you know, I, I take all the power back from you. Granted, yes, it works because that was set up earlier in the film. Yes. Um, again,
0: rules very this clear this feels, in Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> yeah,
2: this feels this feels like a am taking the power back from you again, but unclear, yeah. <laughs> like, just like, all right, well, you may be my father. But I'm the one in charge of myself now since, you know, I, I have no real parents except, you know, my adopted father <laughs> who survived. Darn. He survived. It was a miracle. Like I was expecting him to die. And instead, it's like of, of the multitude of news reports, uh, specifically the one explaining of oh, college football star Jonathan Parker's been arrested, but we had to let him go because somehow Horace Pinker killed more people while he was in custody <laughs> it's like this, so you're just using speculation now in your news reports like you're you're not even trying
1: I, well I mean have you seen what they'd been reporting like they used the pictures of the funerals like they were all like they here's have... Jonathan Parker here's the person he loves the most his girlfriend she's standing right next to him
0: it's been <laughs> like, literally literally at report. 7.42 a.m. on this date Horace go get her <laughs>
2: They literally have a news report of, well, we have these reports that people watching television are seeing what they presume to be Horace Pinker and Jonathan Parker going to... It's like, really? You're getting reports from these people right now? This, you know, they're jumping from channel to channel. How are these other people going... Hey, man, I'm seeing Horace Pinker on Channel 5. Uh, right. Oh, wait, now he jumped to Channel 10? Like,
1: and I'm pretty sure that kid was on the news recently. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: They're uh, running with the bulls? I don't know what's happening here.
0: <laughs> and then they randomly go into a little family's house uh, where he steals the remote that will work later on a different TV. That's how remotes work, right? I mean, it's universal, yeah. right? That's Sure it's powered by love with that also wonderful i've heard of these audience participation shows
2: (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's uh it feels like wes craven's trying to be like i see i can have fun with this and it's like no you can't wes you can't make a joke (laughs) like in the last five minutes of your
0: deadly serious horror film that you've been trying to make (laughs) yes uh do we have any final thoughts on Shocker before we rate this bad boy?
1: Um, oh,
0: boy. I,
1: mean, <laughs> I just think it's fun. I yeah, really do. It's... I know we've kind of... We, we've, we've, you know, given it its licks, but, like, it is a fun movie. Like, you're... Don't go in expecting, you know like this isn't hereditary or anything like oh, this is not gonna win an oscar
0: but like <laughs> neither for, hereditary good justice point. for tony collette <laughs> uh
1: but like it is very much a fu- it's a fun time it's a it's a fun movie um and i enjoy i enjoy it
2: i yeah i'll i'll agree with that sentiment you can't don't go in expecting this to be the highest uh, level of Wes Craven's filmography. uh don't go and expect <laughs> also Nightmare not the
0: lowest of Wes Craven's filmography. <laughs> oh, not even this
2: is a solid middle in his in 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 his entire career. I'd say like this. It's below this. You get like Deadly Blessing, Deadly Friend, Swamp Thing, My uh, Soul to Take, <laughs> My Soul to Take. Yes, the, that's like the very very that's bottom, the very bottom. Of his- uh Scream Three for me. I'm, I'm gonna say it. Scream three Scream Three's lower than, than this for me. Oh. Um, uh, I
0: disagree strongly. I, it's but that's, Posey. Is
2: only because I feel like <laughs> it's it's a movie that uh, it just doesn't gel with me because of Aaron Krueger stepping in as screenwriter and and making it like wow, isn't Hollywood crazy guys? Isn't it and it's like it, no, I get it. I get it. Parker Posey is the best part of that movie. That's yes. that's what I will say.
0: I will rewatch Scream Three before I will rewatch Scream Five because of Parker Posey. That
2: is that is bold.
0: <laughs> yeah. I am not afraid to give hot takes. So we hop on letterbox. What are you giving this, Sean?
1: Um, I'd actually give it a three, I think. Um I think it's fun. I think it's gonna be a like, like i said i'm just i i love a good midnight movie or like a a movie that you know it's this isn't it's never gonna win any awards but it, you, you just have fun with it and i did I had fun with this
0: listeners just have to throw in this caveat Sean is never doing one thing at a time so if he is throwing this movie on he's happily distracted doing something else I'm uh,
1: watching both <laughs> I'm doing both. I can do a crossword puzzle and watch TV at the same time. Don't be rude.
0: I'm <laughs> just saying, that's how you kind of need to enjoy this movie. If you're focusing your full attention on it, you'll maybe be <laughs> disappointed. Uh, Kevin, what are you rating this?
2: Uh, Same as Sean, I would give this a solid three. This is, um, it's just, you know, right down the middle. It's not anything that's like, it's it's not high art. It's not, absolute trash it's just right in the middle where you're just having a good time watching you know watching people run with limps just going like eh, eh, eh. and you know <laughs> see and and hearing hearing little girls you know say things like come on you fucker
0: move like you know you could love it when little kids swear
2: yeah it's 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 just you have to you know I hate this phrase, but at the same time it works so well. Just turn your brain off for a couple hours, for like an hour and fifty-five minutes, and just you know, don't let it, don't let the story, or lack thereof, make you feel like this is this is a bad movie. Just 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 roll with it. Roll with the insane notion of a of, of necklace of of love that can remove <laughs> a soul from your body to. You know what? I'm just going to say, yeah, three stars. That's it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I will give this a two and a half out of five because this just was aggressively not for me, and that's fine, but it is kind of a good time. Watch it at two in the morning. Get stoned. Watch it with people. Uh, will greatly improve your viewing experiences of this, I think. And uh, yeah. It's it's a thing. It exists. If you want the good version of it, go watch Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, on a budget of five million dollars, all of which went into these wonderful optical effects, I'm sure, <laughs> it made it. You know, it's in in the black, it made sixteen point five million off of that five million dollar investment. So that is fine. On Letterboxd, its average score is two point eight, which I feel like is fair. Yeah. Kevin, that seems reasonable. You have anything you want to plug? Where can people find you on the socials? What's your podcast about?
2: Um. Well, on socials, I am at. Whoa, what is it now? Um. I kind of deactivated my my Twitter. Yes, my Twitter, not my X. Um. Yeah. Uh. But when if I'm ever back on there, it's Kevin underscore you underscore 87 on Twitter. Um, I'm right now. I'm mostly just on Instagram, Kevin Thomas, 1987 on Instagram. Um I'm on blue sky. I can't recall what I'm under on under there. Cause I'm not on there too often. Unfortunately, I will um, find
0: your thing and I'll post it in the show. Notes. <laughs> there we go.
2: There's it. Yep. Um As far as, uh, my my podcast uh video confidential uh as i describe it in the tagline it's the podcast that brings the video store experience to your ears um i have a guest on uh to discuss a film from their childhood or a film that they enjoy talking about or like r- enjoyed renting a lot um but also discussing their like video store experiences like were they a mom and pop shop or did they go to the bigger chains did they have a set ritual with their family where it was like Friday night's movie night, you know, things like that. And we just kind of dive into what made video store um, culture so wonderful, like, and, and what's missing about it in this day and age of, of streaming and, you know, Redbox and things like that.
0: So have to plug this for my buddy Sean, British Sean. I was just on there talking about red, white, and royal blue on review it yourself podcast, and it's doing very well for him. It's already in it's, uh, his top 10 and check that out. It's very, very fun. If you want to find us on the socials, oh, I have another thing to plug. Since we were mentioning hereditary, when this comes out, so this will be Friday when this drops the Monday after this drops, you can hear me on, uh, Oh my God. Why can't I? The Drafty Quarters think of Podcast anything? Network. Thank you, Sean. Talking about hereditary <laughs> during the Drafty Quarters Podcast Network. I can't think of anything. Oh my God. Where is my head? But yes. Uh,
1: I feel like your personal assistant today. Thank you. You
0: want to find us on the socials, the podcast. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Just search the pod, it's there. If you want to find me on the socials, I'm on Twitter, Letterboxed Blue Sky at just happy to see you, number two, letter C, letter U. Sean, you are on these same things. Oh, and you know, we're on Blue Sky podcast as well. Sean, where can they find you?
1: Uh I am in all the same spots. Twitter, um, Instagram, Facebook, all under Murph the Smurf. M U R P H T A G S M U R P H. Oh, and Blue Sky.
0: If you want to email Bluescape. us, yeah, if you want to email us, our email is men who like men who like movies pod at gmail.com and Sean, what are we watching next week?
1: So keeping in mind with spooky season, uh we are going to watch a movie that I think is a little bit underappreciated um and a little bit underseen. Much like Shocker. Uh, yeah. Yes. Exactly. Maybe not the underappreciated part, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> um, but I think we are going to watch is appreciated
0: just the right amount. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Dustin.
1: <laughs> we are going to watch uh, Peter Jackson's The Frighteners.
2: Ooh, with... that's a good one. Yeah, that's one. Of, I... That's my first Peter Jackson movie.
1: <laughs> and Clayton
0: has I have not never seen, this. seen it. I have no idea so... what it's about. Nothing.
2: Well. I mean, I'll just say this. Michael J. Fox is adorable.
0: (laughs) Michael J. Fox is always adorable. So that is something to look forward to. Please. I like to say
1: Jeffrey Combs is the best. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love Jeffrey Combs in it. (laughs) Uh,
0: And yeah,
2: just uh, look at it through the lens of um, when you're watching it, try to think that's a small town in America but realize
0: that that's all filmed in New Zealand. <laughs> and New Zealand is a great place to film. So, you know, got to respect that. Good old mm. Peter Jackson getting those tourism dollars in for New Zealand forever and always. Please don't forget to give us a rate, maybe a review if you have time. It helps podcast so much. Don't forget to be kind to people. The world out there sucks. You never know what a little bit of kindness will do for somebody, and it costs nothing. Kevin, thank you for coming twice to talk to us about this. since my cat. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the, the, the freezing the of
2: that initially came out a little
0: strange. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. I did that on purpose. <laughs> ah,
2: well. <laughs> I'm happy to happy to come as much as you need me to. Um. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that yeah, was the perfect behind response. Behind the curtain, we were almost done with this recording, and my cat stepped on airplane mode on my laptop, and we lost all of it. So this is a take two. We put in a lot of work for you guys. Hope you appreciate it. Uh, Kevin, thank you though. Really, yes. right. Wonderful absolutely.
2: Time. Whenever, it is always
1: having you on.
0: When, when whenever
2: was, you guys need me, just. Just give me a give me a buzz and I will be there. because um, yeah, I it's great talking with you. It's great talking. Even you know we're talking high class with Sleepless in Seattle. We're talking lower class with Shocker. So you know,
0: <laughs> yeah. And really I like will say I really toes. enjoyed <laughs> talking about Shocker. I enjoyed talking about Shocker more than I enjoyed watching Shocker.
1: <laughs>
0: That's so, shocking. Yeah, yeah, very shocking. But until next time, everybody, bye. Bye. Bye.